mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? So we're back after two weeks off. It feels like it's been longer. It feels like forever. Only two weeks, though. Um, With episode 31, which, I mean, it really should be 32, because last one was supposed to be a little one, and it was not a little one. (laughs) But it was a bonus. <laughs> so I, we're so we're just calling this episode 31, even mm-hmm. though it's really like 32. But yeah. this one's getting assigned a grandchild. And so this is the Gideon episode. Oh, that's such a Christian name. <laughs> uh, it is Joy's firstborn. Okay. So we're getting into Joy having. Damn. Yeah. So. All right. But uh, should we just get started? Should we talk about our two weeks off? Yeah, let's talk about our two weeks off. People seem to like the Christmas episode. Uh, yeah, we got some good feed. I mean, mostly good, <laughs> mostly good feedback. Yep. Um, but yeah, we enjoyed. It. it was great because Tim was home for Thanksgiving and he got to mm-hmm. come to Christmas too. Mm-hmm. We were over at my sister's. We played cards. It was fun. Yeah. We had a good holiday. Not an ad, but should be an ad. Uh, Whitney, as she's been getting more into card games and getting our family into card games. Um. She's been kind of slowly collecting. So, what a couple of years ago, I got you the the old like. T. Uh, go ahead. No, it's the old. What was the the airline? Yeah, I, I, is it TWA? TWA. TW, there it is. TWA. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like an old TWA uh, deck of cards from when they did that thing when they gave those things away, and then not an ad should be an ad. Uh, Theory11.com dot com has a bunch of like fandom related cards, and they're like molded and gorgeous and like all the face cards are things that have to do with that uh fandom so i bought a harry potter deck for one of the people at work and all the uh face cards were like harry potter characters um and then for whitney i got her snl and there is a brian fellows uh card there yep. is i'll yeah. show that all the face cards were like different characters from uh snl history and then that bird um, is a liar <laughs> and then they had a beatles deck based off of sergeant pepper and then they had one different colored deck for every member of the band so yeah so those are I, fun i got her orange because she seems to like that color yep um tim tell for the people who are not on the gram tell them about your favorite gift for christmas i'm trying to make the joke I can't think of a good joke. I'm sorry. But do you remember your your favorite gift? The pillowcase. Oh yeah. Okay. okay good. Of I was course. like, are we not on the same wavelength I was, there? <laughs> Jesus. I was Christ. trying to think of because I the... got him a pillowcase of our fabricy likeness. <laughs> See, and the good thing about this is it's double jokes. Yep. There's the fact that we, you know, Pess and mm-hmm. Anna had theirs, their pillowcase, mm-hmm. and then when we talked about Kirk Cameron, he talked about pillowcases of his fabric. <laughs> I mean, it's just layers upon layers. It is. So I made him a pillowcase of us in our Jim, Bob, and Michelle <laughs> costumes for Halloween, and it's his favorite <laughs> gift, right? Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. I was trying to because the the way that me and Whitney buy gifts for each other is we'll usually buy a couple like big 
things or maybe one big thing, but then we'll get each other like a fucking waterfall of small things of like little things where I'm like, I saw this. And jokes and like, yeah. Yeah. So I was trying to think of something really like on the smaller side that you got me that I could input it and I I blanked. Blanked. I'm sorry. I panicked. All right. So let's get started on the episode. Mm -hmm. All right. So this one is called Duggar Say Goodbye. And it premiered April 28th, 2009. The episode opens up right away with Jim Bob talking about how Grandpa was diagnosed with a brain tumor about a year ago and um, has passed. He just passed. But mm-hmm. Boob says, quote, he did not have any suffering at all. He basically just quit breathing and kind of went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Michelle explains that Grandma had called over the intercom and... Um, she said you could hear in her voice that it was something urgent. Mm-hmm. And John David was the one who was the first one to run down there and um, get down to grandma. And she said that he had just taken his last breath. Mm-hmm. Which John David is that you can tell he's that like not middle child, but in a in a non 18 kid family, he'd probably be the middle child. Yeah. But you can tell that he's the one that like gets shit done but also um they don't talk about it in the episode but i know this from reading their second book Mm -hmm. the little kids were out of the house actually and just like the big kids like a bunch of little kids and like some of the big kids were gone Mm -hmm. and so they actually talk about well we're kind of glad that in that moment like there wasn't a bunch of little kids around so yeah Mm -hmm. so it's worth noting that grandpa passed away on february 9th and his birthday was february 3rd so the whole desk chair slipper incident mm-hmm. um that felt really gross to us was a mere six days earlier which to me means that in regards to kind of how like in hospice care you know how there's like the the stages mm-hmm. if he wasn't in the final stage he was very end of that second oh, yeah. to last stage so mm-hmm. i feel like it's just kind of like confirmation that everything we felt was like oh yeah he died six days later from a terminal illness this wasn't right. something random yeah um, so then Jana is shown collecting photos for a slideshow and Lego's talking to all the kids about what a fun grandpa they had, saying he loved cars and air shows. Um, and they just had to be, you know, grateful for the time that they mm-hmm. had with him. And I just want to, I do want to read one part from their book. So this is going slightly deep divey only in the sense that I'm pulling from their book to read something. Mm-hmm. But I just want, because we were just talking about it being six days earlier. So in their book, um, they say, quote, by then the tumor had taken away his ability to speak, smile, walk, stand, or move his arms. But we sensed his happiness to be among uh, among us and surrounded by family he loved. Okay, so it's like he couldn't communicate at all. But mm-hmm. you're sure he he wanted to be paraded, paraded out in a chair for national TV. Yeah. Which is weird because the the previous time we had seen him before that was when grandma was feeding him and he was still in his bed but he was kind of like sitting up a little bit but he didn't look good then either he didn't look good but he was still responding to her slightly yeah um it's like yeah so he couldn't communicate but yeah he wanted to be you're sure he was okay with it and it's like maybe he did want to be surrounded by his family like you say but Mm -hmm. like why the Bates and the crew and all the people they're gonna be watching on tv you know later And 
this is from their second book, A Love That Multiplies. And this mm-hmm. book is weird because they talk about so much stuff that you literally see in the show. They talk about this ice storm. They talk about grandpa. Like all the stuff you actually see, they just rehash it all. Hmm. But they also talk about it at the beginning and the end of the book. Like it's like sandwiched and they kind of repeat themselves. It's really weird. So hmm. now again at the end of the book, they're talking about grandpa passing away again and his birthday again. Mm-hmm. And they say, quote, he was unable to unable to stand or speak, but he knew it was his birthday and obviously loved being the center of the tension of the two big families. I don't think that's the case. I mean, <laughs> I know we weren't there, but I wouldn't look at that scene and be like, yep, he cle- he obviously Man. loved being the center of attention of these gigantic <laughs> families right now. Yeah. I, I just wanted to read that because I was like, that's just kind of asinine to me. That's kind of like glowing it up at the end. Oh, like yeah. after the fact to be like, nope, he was totally, yeah. And probably because they got flack for it. And so they're mm-hmm. like, we're going to write in this book. Oh, you know, we could sense <laughs> that he he loved the attention. Yeah. He couldn't fucking move one damn thing. He wasn't yeah. even responding anymore. But he, he you, you knew he loved the attention yeah. of the whole fucking, us watching it how many years later. Yeah. And that was weird too because you could see the big like bola on the back of his head. Yeah. Ooh. Can I point something out that doesn't have to do with death? Jana straightened her hair. Oh, yes. Well, I I can't recall. Is this the first time we're seeing with Jana? It's, we've definitely seen Jessa with straight hair up to mm-hmm. this point. Yeah. But I don't know if we've seen Jana. I've never seen Jana with straight hair. You also thought, you know, that Joseph was John David. So I'm not entirely sure if this is the first time, but I'm going to go with it. They're all the fucking same. So definitely the first time she had straight hair. We're going to go with it. <laughs> Can we uh, just shout out the fact that I noticed? I, you know, good job. Round of applause. <laughs> so this next part i love michelle says quote well grandpa definitely was somebody that would speak his mind and that cuts straight to a scene of grandpa talking to the camera (laughs) it's from the same day when they filmed the scene of josh and anna getting Mm -hmm. back getting to arkansas after you know after she was sold to josh by her dad um it's from that same interview and where he was saying that he wished They'd be done having kids. Mm-hmm. So now we're seeing new footage that wasn't yeah. a part of that other one. Anyways, so here's where they highlight him saying other <laughs> right after Michelle just said that, you know, he speaks his mind. Grandpa says, quote, a woman's body deteriorates after a while. And so I know she keeps herself in good condition, you know, and I'm just saying she needs to really take it easy after this baby's born. <laughs> it felt weird. It was it was weird. <laughs> And um, I just, and then it cuts straight back to Michelle saying, we definitely probably had some differences. We definitely probably <laughs> had some difference of ideas. It, I've been um, slow to do Michelle voice because it sends me into coughing fits, but mm-hmm. I'm doing a little better today. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, it's weird that he's talking about her body, but then I'm sort of entertained, but kind of, we- it's kind of weird. It's like, yeah. it's like you're, you know, you don't know how to feel exactly. <laughs> So in the next scene, they're at the funeral home picking out the casket and doing all the arrangements. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's Lego, Deanna and Amy that are there with grandma. And did it feel weird that Femi was there? She, I will say she was very close to grandma. OK, very, very close to grandma. OK, so from an outsider, I was like, why? Is obviously, she she's all- on the level of all like the cousins. So I was like, why are, is your mom not here or? She you know, was. Was she? Okay. Deanna, that's why I just said Deanna was there. Okay. 
so her mom's there but she's the one sitting next to grandma so i they were um they spent a lot of time together okay um, so Grandma ends up saying that she would like for the service to be held on February 13th because that's on the day that 49 years earlier that they went on their very first date. Mm-hmm. Famie chimed in that she heard that they kissed on their first date and she says, did you? And Grandma's response is it's kind of cute. She says, she like pauses and she's like, mm-hmm. well, that's not a fair question. <laughs> and it just kind of <laughs> yeah. like cuts away. Mm-hmm. Like everybody kind of like laughs and whatever. So yeah, she was out there, you know. Um, I'm sure, you know, everyone laughs, but I'm sure Lego's laugh is more of like a laughing to not cry. Because mm-hmm. on national TV, it was just outed that his mom is like, you know, fast and loose. That like harlot Grandma Mary. Right. According to, according to his. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to laugh. Yeah. And act like this didn't happen. Yep. Slutty Grandma. You know, everybody has one. I think there's a lot of slutty. Like, every family has one. Um, So there's some brief scenes of them going to pick out flowers, nothing really noteworthy, blah, blah, blah. But in a talking head to producers, um, they asked Michelle how they explain death differently to the younger kids versus the older kids. Mm-hmm. And baby Cannon said that, you know, because they knew that grandpa was terminal, they've been kind of explaining for a while that it would happen and that, you know, someday everybody dies. Mm-hmm. So they've been, this has kind of been um, like a topic of, conversation Mm -hmm. did the scene make you think of katie yeah (laughs) and i also have a comment after about uh baby cannon but Um, explain why katie so katie she listens my niece katie she listens to the podcast so katie don't be upset this is a cute story okay (laughs) you'll be a sensation it's cute so she's 23 now she's probably i'm gonna guess probably like six at the time (laughs) and they they lived out of state because my brother-in-law was in the army so mm-hmm. they moved around. So my sister would send us like back in the day when you like mailed people, like you used your video, your camcorder, and then you made things into DVDs that you sent mm-hmm. to people. <laughs> so my sister used to send us DVDs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so just to set the scene so you guys kind of understand a little bit, they had clearly just been watching some sort of like documentary or something on PBS that showed like, like maybe third world countries or just like impoverished areas, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. So they're having dinner and they're just having this conversation with her, just trying to see if she understands what she like saw and whatever. So there's other funny parts to this conversation, but I'm just going to focus on (laughs) this one part. So she's like slurping her noodles because they're having pasta for dinner. (laughs) I'm going to laugh. And then she just goes, we going to die someday, mama, mama, or not. And my sister goes, Someday everybody does, Katie. And she goes, <laughs> I'm going to miss myself. And then she goes, mm, I don't want to die. And like my sister, my sister's head shoots straight back where like she's looking up at the ceiling and you see her go like, oh my God. Because like it's so funny, but like she just had this realization where she was just like, I don't, I'm going to miss myself. <laughs> I'm going to miss myself. So get to Tim and I say it all the time. We're always like, mm, I'm going to miss myself. Mm, I don't want to die. <laughs> There's also a thing too. So uh, what country or country, what state in the South were they living in? They're in Tennessee at the time. So she was born here and then they moved around. Yeah. Um, but there was a point where you were like in the point of her life she was in because she was growing up in the South she kind of had a little accent. Yeah. Yes. So whenever we reference it, it's always like, 
Mama. Mama. <laughs> we gonna die someday, Mama, <laughs> or not? <laughs> I'm gonna miss myself. <laughs> it's so cute. Uh, so, okay, Katie, I know you're hearing you. this. It's adorable. And see, and people around the world are gonna know that it's adorable. <laughs> and there's like other parts in it where she's like. I'll, I'll never ever eat because it was like people eating out of the garbage clearly mm-hmm. is what they're talking about and like so we say this one a lot too she goes i'll never ever eat garbage might get you sick <laughs> <laughs> we say that one a lot oh, too man. anyways i guess we should get back on track what were we gonna say about michelle all right so <clears throat> there is a very specific look that like housewares had in the 90s so what I put on here was that Baby Can is is wearing her best '90s tablecloth that got tailored into a coat because yeah. she's wearing this like little coat and it's like white and then there's like watercolory like yellow flowers and like green flowers. Oh, I put this in our visuals one time. It's like a smock. It looks like a fucking it, like old lady smock. I mean, I know that they're like trying to buy used and pay the difference, but because you buy used clothes. Not buy a used '90s tablecloth mm, and get it tailored it. into a coat. Well, I mean, you so. know, they they are crafty. You saw the Janet made the bonnets and the petticoats, and you know, yeah. the inside of that jacket's probably like that weird felt that comes on like tablecloth, yeah. like vinyl tablecloth <laughs> yeah, on the, the back time. side. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, so um, they say that because of them openly talking about it and preparing for it, l- little Johanna, who is three, would say things like. Why? Why does Grandpa have to die? I don't mm-hmm. want Grandpa to die and stuff yeah. like that. So just kind of sad, but mm-hmm. I appreciate the fact that, like, from a very young age, they, or I guess a young age, they kind of talked about like this is a normal part of life. Yeah. Like one day everybody dies. So I appreciate the fact that they Katie act- got that talk over spaghetti. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that that they push the fact that like this is something that happens to everybody but it's still awkward as hell yeah (laughs) listening to jim bob try to explain this Mm -hmm. so famey is shown eating and says one thing about a loss in the family is that everyone has big hearts and they bring you really really good yummy food Mm -hmm. and there is a ton of food brought to them (laughs) um people are very generous it looks like and with that many kids that's not an uh term well, it and the literally fucking, felt like there was a ton and the fucking bits are still there too so they're you you know up, up to this point they're they haven't like talked about the baits yet mm-hmm. but like you can see them going through the line and i'm like oh yeah right. the fucking baits are still there yeah so they got a fucking army of people to feed <laughs> so now Jana is sharing the finished picture slide with lego and he's crying but Man, I mean, it's like, so he looked like he had some, you know, he had some tears. He was snotting a little bit too, mm-hmm. but like he, he reaches out and he puts his like hand over Jana's hand and, and oh man, it's so, like I was just, it's, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe she felt fine with it, but as an outsider, I was like, oh God, this is cringy. Like it felt, it made me very uncomfortable because it Same. feels so unnatural. Yeah. Like you can tell, like, even if Jana's all right with it. There's just a there's a way of being like this family doesn't do like this is uncomfortable. Yeah, this is not normal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's um it's a little uncomfortable to watch, but and then he hugs her and it's uncomfortable too, and it's just yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so this is where I wrote it, but yeah, in the midst of all this, the Bates are still staying with them, and so they're kind of just showing the house still being like rambunctious and stuff at this right. Point. Um. 
Now it's the day of the viewing, and before they file out of the bus, Lego is telling them how, if they believe, that they'll see Grandpa again one day in heaven. So in a talking head, Jason says, quote, It doesn't make me feel that bad, but to people that don't have any hope, it doesn't make them feel, well, as good. It was a weird statement. Like, I don't think I understood it. I like. So I took it as he's saying that, like, oh, he knows he's going to see. So when he says hope, I I almost take it as, like, he meant to say faith. Faith. Okay. Because that's yeah. how I'm taking it. But I think he's saying, like, oh, I'm not worried about it because I'm just going to see him in heaven someday. But I think he's saying people who don't have faith don't know that they're going to go to heaven. That's kind of how I took it. Okay. So that they don't feel as good about it because they don't know that. Mm. You know? Yeah. But, um. You know, never miss an opportunity to drive the fear of God into your kids at a very emotional and very vulnerable time. Of course. You know, just you can't miss. Oh, you miss grandpa. Uh, Don't be a fucking heathen sinner and you'll see him again someday. Well, if you believe. If you, if you, (laughs) yeah. Like I just, he'll never miss that opportunity to like work that in there (laughs) and be like, oh yeah, you fucking miss him. Better not be a fucking sinner. So then uh. they're inside the viewing. Okay. The bar is set in hell with this whole TLC situation after parading him through, you know, near mm. death. So there's one part of me that goes, oh, good. They didn't show him directly in the casket. Right. But again, bar set in hell. They do show the back of him laying there. Yeah. And I'm like, D- to me, that's just a too far. Mm-hmm. Like, thank God they didn't do it dead on. Yeah. Oh, dead on. <laughs> Merp. Um, but yeah, they show like the back of his head and like the way he's laying there. And I just feel mm-hmm. like that's inappropriate. You just, you could just cut that. Like you could crop and just show people standing. Like Jim Bob's like holding a kid. I don't remember which one at this point. And mm-hmm. he's explaining this is just his body, blah, blah, blah. His spirit yeah. has already gone on. But I'm like, you could have just filmed that conversation and then like not been showing the yeah. grandpa laying in the fucking casket. Even yeah. if it's from the back of his head. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like yeah, it was it was a little weird. It was a little weird. That's all I got. Okay. I was like, I thought you had something. <laughs> I, I had a statement, but I completely lost my train of thought. So we're going to blame that on COVID. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we're still struggling. Mm-hmm. So can I move on to the next thing? Or? Yeah, because okay. I actually have something, but I want to go to it at the end of the episode. Okay. So now it's the day of the actual funeral, and they take a close-up of the programs that on the front say... JL loved ketchup, and just like ketchup, he made everything a little better, too. That's kind of cute. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that maybe they did that, and then in their book, they didn't even do that. <laughs> it was oh. the funeral director. Oh, fantastic. Like, the people at the home. And I was like, yeah. oh, they did. And I was like, oh, it wasn't even them. <laughs> so that's what's funny is reading the book. You're like, oh, I was, like, giving them credit for something. Right. And I'm like, you didn't even fucking do it. It was if like it was a, them, it would have been, like, pickles. It was, like, yeah. Instead of It was, ketchup. like, a surprise that the people at the funeral thing did, so. There's also random... Um, kind of like videography note there's a they obviously took a picture of like the program pamphlet what do they call it i don't know a leaflet as you would always say a leaflet yeah that has like his face on the front like if you went to the funeral um they obviously put it on the ground to take that snapshot Mm -hmm. but it just Obviously, that funeral home has that, like, really crappy carpet that, like, every elementary school had. Yeah. So, I remember that looking HES at it being... carpet that... Yeah. 
and I remember looking at it and being like, oh, there's the pit. Oh, it's on the floor. Like, I, like it <laughs> I took me out of notice. it. I didn't even notice. I'm going to yeah. have to go back. And- oh, it was totally elementary school carpet. <laughs> yeah. That like, there's no, it's just like, it, it's so thin, but then it's so itchy at the same time when yeah, they make you sit no on it. Yeah, there's no height to like, it. Yeah, no, yeah. It's- <laughs> so, and oh. the singer. Yes. Go ahead. Well, you know. <laughs> you know who it is right no oh it's diana like she was oh, okay really? you, you keep missing her so she was at the funeral mm-hmm. home she was sitting next to boob and so that's so um it's diana and josh and they're that they're singing i, and, I saw josh yeah. but i there's my capacity of duggers and my memory is completely full so <laughs> i i hope they don't bring in like a cousin judy because i won't remember um no but i literally put the funeral singer woman is the singer of the church like you can tell that she's like well laying it we will down. get to it but she and amy both try to have like careers in singing oh god oh you could totally tell yeah. but mm-hmm. then all i could think of is i was like as i'm like listening to josh and i was like hmm, remember that time that tim said that josh's singing voice wasn't that bad i was like remember i said that? it wasn't horrible that's not like a <laughs> ringing endorsement you know i always said that if we ever needed to go back to like marriage counseling, I would do it in a heartbeat. And I'm like, is this the thing that's going to send us back? Is the fact that you don't think that Josh's singing voice is that bad? <laughs> We're going to go. Like- Barb's going to be like, so what brings you back after all these years? And I'm going to be, um, I always held like the pillow, the mm-hmm. couch pillow in front of me. That was like yeah. my security. I'm going to be like holding the pillow and I'm going to be like, He doesn't think Josh Duggar's voice sounds that bad when he sings. <laughs> like that's I'm like, is this what's gonna do it? <laughs> that's what's gonna send us right back. <laughs> Did you have any other comments about singing? No. She oh. was just working at home. Oh, I mean, I cannot wait for you to see more. You're gonna oh, you have so much more ahead of you. <laughs> so there is a part where they're reading some sort of last words that grandpa wrote. Mm-hmm. and like he's thanking grandma for being a great wife and you know caring for him jim yeah. bob and deanna being great you know wonderful kids and then he gets to the part with the grandkids and um and then he says quote and my grandchildren i mean look at them have you seen a finer bunch we'd be here a long time if i called them all by name <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and i just kind of like that even from the grave he's still lightly roasting the fact that they have too many fucking kids way too many like kids, i'm yeah. like he was just like even from the fucking grave he's like i'm gonna work that in <laughs> one more time so i'm here for grandpa uh, duggar yeah. and the, the roasting yep i wonder if michelle like you know she she had her she has her perma thing you know plastered on her face but i wonder if in that moment she was like we have some differences of ideas. <laughs> um, so then the Duggars, they they end it, they sing even, you know, because even though they're not in Walmart, um, and actually for <laughs> their once, normal venue, yeah, yeah they're normal. Um, and for once, it isn't Silent Night or Amazing Grace. Mm-hmm. Those are the bangers we're always hearing. You know, yeah. those are their yeah. faves. You gotta have the. That's what they would sing in a, like an encore. Yeah, yeah. Because those are the go to. But they really mixed it up in the honor of Grandpa. I don't even know what they were singing, but I just appreciate that there was a mix-up in honor of, you know, Grandpa Duggar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just show, like, little clips of people getting up and saying a few words about him, but nothing earth-shattering. And um, the episode just ends with them at the burial site. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it. So in that last, um, right before they start singing, um, they show... 
a bunch of the kids. And I think when you when you get to a really weird point in your life when like you know older adults start passing away, I feel like it's interesting to see kids that are like, "Oh, I remember that funeral, but I don't remember a lot of the details of it." Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like they were showing like some of the little kids, and little kids are being little kids. They're like kind of like fidgeting around. Yeah, and, for to that, it's a funeral doesn't it doesn't change things. Yeah, yeah, you're still a little kid. Yeah, I just thought that was weird. I was like, "Why are you even showing that?" Like you're, they don't get it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh. Um, but I just I wanted to connect. Um, my grandfather, when my when my first grandfather passed away, um, I didn't really have a relationship with him. Like it was obviously a thing where like I cared for my grandfather, but like we didn't we didn't really have a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I remember this really weird feeling because we went to his funeral, which was in Mexico. And I remember going to the funeral, and a lot of my other cousins. It's a long story. I won't go into it. But a lot of my other cousins had a really strong relationship with him. So they were like devastated. Mm -hmm. And I was honestly probably 11 or 12. Like it was relatively like early on in my years. And I just remember standing around with my cousins that were like close to my age and watching them being devastated and being like, oh, this is the point where I should cry. Mm hmm. And I couldn't make myself cry. So as I got older, I I had this really weird feeling about that where I was like, socially, I was trying to meld into what they were feeling Mm -hmm. kind of as a level of support. It was honestly kind of mostly for them and not for me Mm -hmm. because I didn't have strong feelings about this because I didn't really have a relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then there's points in my life where I feel really guilty about that. But then I'm like, I had no choice. Yeah, you 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 can't control. At the time, like, my grandfather did know English, and my parents didn't teach me Spanish. So it was that thing where we could never speak to each other. So when he would show up, I would give him a hug. But that was the extent of our relationship because I didn't understand what he was saying. Yeah. But I do remember that weird feeling of, like, I feel guilty that I don't feel as strongly as you do. I'm the only one right now that's not, like, devastated by this. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just, I just remember like funerals are a weird thing anyway. Yeah. They're for the living. <laughs> yeah. And I, the, one of the things I wrote on here was like, how much of what we think of as funerals is tradition versus what we actually want. And yeah. how much of that is based in religion where it's like, this is like Catholics are that way. Well, where it's you like see you, so many people that really are not religious and all of a sudden their funeral, you're like, what is happening? <laughs> like, you're like, is this what, well, and it was kind of funny because Jim Bob did even say, my dad hated funerals. He wouldn't even want to be here today. Which was a pretty decent joke. Yeah. It was, it, Let's yeah. be real. Yeah. And, um, but it's true. And so I'm like, how many, that's where I, that's where I say funerals are for, for the living. I truly think that everybody should be like, hey, what do you actually want? Tim and mm. I've talked about what we want. But cremate me. Don't put me in a casket for everybody to stare at. Cremate yep. me. And if you want to have something, have like a literal party. But mm-hmm. I'm like, don't have it be this churchy, like, no. don't have this, like, solemn, don't even go to a funeral home. I don't home. want people to go to a funeral home. I don't even home, want to yeah. go to a funeral home. And that's mm-hmm. our choice. But I'm like, that's where I feel like, did, if Grandpa Duggar didn't really want, are we doing this for you? Yeah. Or, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Grandpa didn't say, you can't do this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying where I think it's, I think it should be fair that we should really do what the person would have wanted. Yeah. But. 
put me in the corner of a backyard on a table, bring me a shot, and just leave it in front of the urn. Like, that's all I want, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now, it's, ju- it's just weird. And this one was weird. Um, one funny note was that when they were singing, you could tell by, like, mouthing of words, uh, Lego Hair did not remember the lyrics to that song. It oh, was, I didn't notice that. I'll have to catch that. Whenever I see anybody singing and they're doing that, like I always focus on their mouth to be like, are you singing? Are you, you actually singing or yeah, not? Or are you just the animatronicking? <laughs> exactly. And there was certain words that he knew, but he was singing like a Mexican uncle. He didn't show up to the, the practice downstairs uh, <laughs> in front of the, the, the keyboard at the Duggar's house. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. The running joke is that like Mexican uncles, when they get drunk at a party and like the and like the mariachi music comes on they're drunk to the point where they can't sing any of the words but they always get the last syllable of hit, the hit word it in the line hard and loud mm-hmm. the part like yeah yeah so they kind of move their mouth like a fish and kind of like mumble ah, and then yeah, they sing yeah, that yeah, last yeah. That ah, one part really. that they know real good real good <laughs> yep so i also feel like as much as this family is a circus and that's the point of this podcast um I felt like the last words that they said about him were actually really, like, genuine. Mm-hmm. I put a note that I was like, I shouldn't watch this inebriated because this is actually making me sad. See, you know what's <laughs> funny? And here's me who cries. I didn't, I didn't stir anything. <laughs> it was just that last part. And I think it was probably because I was thinking about my experience at my grandfather's oh, funeral. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? But so I'm like, I was like, okay, this is probably going to be sad. And I'm like, I'm not sad at all. This is <laughs> like, and you know me. You guys know me. I fucking cried everything and I was fine. So, <laughs> yeah. odd. All right, so if we remember how to do this, we are going to take a small break, and we will be back for a deep dive. All right, it's deep diving time. So you haven't dove in a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. I was um worked on it all day yesterday. Mm-hmm. Normally, I try to split it up, and I was working on it all day, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I shouldn't do this. <laughs> I even asked her, I was like, is this one like way more intense than a lot of the other ones? And she's like, no, I just procrastinated. It's not, it was just that I did all in one day because I was going to do it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then we had such a wonderful day together where that we That's watched um, Top Chef all day together. And yeah, then somebody, and then uh, um, somebody for Phil, somebody, somebody, somebody. So shout out. We finished season 18 of Top Chef, yeah. uh, which was Houston. And um, one of the most amazing shows I've watched in a long time. Somebody feed Phil. We love him. That man's just so damn endearing. He really is. God. And he reposted us once. Um, but like the whole time we were watching TV, I was like, I should go work on. Mm-hmm. I, I need to go work on the deep dive. I w- and we just ended. She up said it between like every, every episode. episode. And we cranked through like what five oh episodes God, so of much. Top Chef. And, so, and then five more of Phil. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so then yesterday I had to do the entire deep dive. Anyway, yeah. so here we are. So much like way back when, um, when we saw the episode of the Ruwerk family reunion, today's episode, I decided that we should do a background on Jim Bob's family. Just felt mm-hmm. like it fitting. Like, you know, her family reunion was like the opening to talk about her family. Mm-hmm. I feel like grandpa's funeral. Way to talk about Jim Bob and his background. Well, he is Lego hair, so is it uh, where his family was uh, poured into the mold? Yes, yes, okay. very much like that. <laughs> you know, there are actually um, 
old pictures, like childhood pictures of Jim Bob, and he his hair is just like I'm like it's a different Lego hair, but it's still Legoy. <laughs> it still looks like one. It looks like a piece that could still be taken off in one. You know. So he's always had diff- maybe different styles, but has always been Lego hair. It's going into a visual, I yep. guess. Yep. <laughs> All right. Anyways, so we will touch a tiny, teeny, tiny little bit on Grandma, but for the most part, mm-hmm. the focus is going to be mostly on Jim Bob and Grandpa. We will okay. do future Grandma. Go figure. IBLP, and it's mostly about the men. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's how it goes. J- Michelle had her episode. <laughs> what do you mean? You know. Okay, so let's start with Grandpa. James Lee, who would eventually, you know, go by JL. Mm-hmm. JL was born February 3rd, 1936, in Fayetteville, Arkansas, to James and Velma Duggar. Okay. Velma's a good Velma. name. Velma. It's a good name. I was mm-hmm. like, when I was like, I forget, that's a good fucking name. I love mm-hmm. old timey names. Mildred. Scooby Doo. Mildred might be a. Mildred's a good name. Might, might, you know, I can't even think. Can I still blame? Can I still blame COVID brain? I'm going absolutely. To. Um, I can't think, but I thought that Mildred kind of explains the affinity for old-fashioned mm-hmm. names, but I couldn't think. And I always thought Scooby Doo had a good duo, and the fact that they had Velma and Daphne. Yeah, Daphne's, Daphne's a, a good old name, name too. Yeah. Damn, good names. Okay, so parents are James and Velma. JL was the oldest, and he had three younger sim- siblings: Michael, Barbara, and Evelyn. Which um, I was like, oh, so Evelyn is. Very much a family name on both mm-hmm. sides. I always knew that Michelle had her sister, Evelyn. Mm-hmm. And then Joy, spoiler alert, we talked about Gideon today, but her second child is Evelyn. So mm-hmm. I always thought it came from that. But then now knowing that there's also an Evelyn, like she's like, the- oh, it's coming from like both sides. So mm-hmm. Evelyn's very much a family name. Um, So JL, he grew up going to Baptist churches with his family. So that is in their roots. Mm-hmm. And he graduated from Fayetteville High School in 1955, and then he attended the University of Arkansas, where he was on the university's ROTC. Okay. But he always wore a bunch of, like, Razorback stuff, so I was curious. I, I couldn't find specifics on if he graduated and what major. Now, mm-hmm. this is just pulled from, like, his obituary type things, like articles and stuff. And so it says attended. Now, I usually think if you graduated, people say graduated. But, mm. I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. It's right. just very unclear. But I wish I knew what he even went for. But I mm-hmm. don't. All right. Let's talk about Grandma for just a split little second. She's Mary Leona Lester. Okay. And she's born May 26, 1941 in Gentry, Arkansas. So they're both, like, true Arkansas natives. Mm-hmm. To William and Ellen Lester. And like JL, she also had three siblings. Okay. Billy, Tommy, and Connie. <laughs> That's kind of it. We're not going to talk a lot about her. Um, please don't. IBLP. Yeah. No girls allowed. <laughs> so JL and Mary, um, they married what? I just thought of the Paul Reiser joke. Oh, your mother never cared for her. <laughs> can, I, can I get real quick? All right, so this is mostly just promotion of Somebody Feed Phil in the first chunks of seasons and then in his previous PBS show when he was at the end. His brother, Richard, is his like producer, so he goes to all of these other countries to travel with him and, and eat and do all this stuff. Um, so they always call their parents, 
and at the end of the episode they would talk to their parents through like video call and it was always funny and his parents were these just adorable little jewish parents um dad always had a joke yep dad always had a joke so as they went on um before one of the seasons his mom passed away and then at the end of that season his dad passed away so what he does now in like season five out of six um he is a writer and a comedian and he's really good friends with all these like funny people so he talks to one of his friends tells them about the city he was in and then he always has a joke for max so they always bring a joke to tell um after the episode kind of in honor of his father so paul riser's telling you know this joke he tells it it's funny they laugh and then he kind of goes on about the fact that like i loved your father he was such a warm man and he had such tragedy in the beginning of his life and you know to see him you know move on and become such a happy person he was just i i absolutely adored him and i loved him and then there's a pause and then he was like your mother never really cared for <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> so and mary <laughs> Mary right now I'm like not too much about it. you're like never cared for <laughs> never cared for <laughs> <clears throat> okay so JL and Mary they married on November 5th 1960 that makes grandpa roughly 24 and grandma like 19 two years later Mary gave birth to that if you if the microphone picked up on that can you tell them what that was <laughs> It sounded like was, a fart. My, <laughs> sorry. My uh, my headphones were getting really loose and like dragging low, so I like cinched them close. I don't know so if you went, can hear that, but just in case, because that was quite a noise from over here. So two years later, um, Mary gives birth to their first child, Deanna Lee, singer. Okay. Uh, Tim has no idea who she is. Singer and... Um, mother of Famie. Mother of Famie. Okay. She was born on July 8th, 1962. And apparently they love to tell the story of how Grandpa was so nervous and anxious when she went into labor with Deanna that while they were getting ready to head to the hospital, I guess Mary was taking a little too long for his liking in his anxious state. And he said, Mary, come on, we got to go. If you don't hurry up, I'm going to leave without you. And I guess that's just like a story that they love to tell and the grandkids love to hear. And they all thought it was really funny. It's probably that's probably like some good humor for the Duggar kids. They don't get a lot, you know. It just gives us a little glimpse into kind of his personality a little bit. Mm-hmm. So three years later, on July 18th, 1965, Mary gave birth to their second chi- child, one Lego hair dugger. <laughs> okay, so that kind of covers the basics. Mm-hmm. Now let's get into more of Jim Bob's upbringing and childhood. Okay. As far as religion goes, Lego grew up attending First Baptist Church of Springdale. And definitely get the vibe that Mary was much more devout than JL. JL grew up going to Baptist church, but he mm-hmm. doesn't seem deep in the, you know, it's not really his thing. Yeah. Um, Jim Bob says he was just seven years old when he committed his life to the Lord, which I'm, which I'm sure he just loves um, to have like as another way to kind of like be superior to Michelle. <laughs> yeah. Because not only is he a man, first of all. But, um, yeah. you know, he doesn't have all that baggage like Michelle has. Women, am I you right? You know, giving away pieces of her heart like mm. the harlot she is. Mm. Um, now he has eight years on her because, if you remember, she didn't surrender to the Lord till she was 15. True. So, you know, he was eight, so he's got or seven. He's got eight years on her. So I'm sure he loves just having one more thing <laughs> to gloat on her over. 
But despite their age differences in finding the Lord, Boob and Baby Cannon do have a similar story of being thieving hoodlums. Oh the my. Shock, the gasp. It's a good thing I'm sitting down. If you remember, as a preteen, Michelle stole money from a woman's purse at the pool. Mm-hmm. And that was a whole thing, and her mom mm-hmm. got called. Well, Jim, Bob, and another little boy, they went over to the Piggly Wiggly, and they stole a box each of Cracker Jacks. Oh, my God. After their plan had gone so well, they decided to give it a go again for a second time the very next day. Only this time, Grandma Duggar caught the boys. Um, with their Cracker Jacks and said, Jim Bob, what did you do? And at the time, you know, he was just like, I don't know how, she, how did she know? And um, she was like, moms have a way of knowing everything. The, the store manager called her. But, you know, as a little kid, you're just like, how did she know? Because, you know, they think they're slick and like, you oh, know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this all happened when he was five years old, though. So again, he still has a major one up on michelle she was like a teenager of course and he was five so he can be you know and that was two whole years before he accepted christ (laughs) so you know how that is before you end up doing that you're just running amok all over the fucking place sinning all over you know and yeah you know thieving so it all makes sense he hadn't taken you know he hadn't accepted the lord yet yep probably taking that name in vain all over the place (laughs) so now let's talk about their careers and finances in 1962, the same year that Deanna was born, JL joined the family business as a realtor at Duggar Realty. <laughs> um, Duggar Realty had been formed by his grandfather back in 1933, mm-hmm. and JL's father had also worked in the business. Um, I did think it was worth noting that that would make JL about 26. Okay. So. With that kind of coinciding, though, with being kind of like older-ish, mm-hmm. and then it coinciding with it being the year of his first born child, kind of just makes me wonder if he was jo- joining more out of like necessity than actually like, mm. I mean, this is projection on my end, but um, it's not like he joined the family business right after high school or straight out of college. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's finally like. Twenty six is like an interesting time to be like, okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna join the family. I'm gonna join the family business. So I kind of wonder if it was like, oh shit, I have a kid now. Mm. Let's you know, I don't projection, but just thought it was kind of funny because it's not like if it'd been around for generations, Mm -hmm. it's kind of an interesting age to make that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, Mary also became a real estate agent, but we'll talk about that another time. Okay. So despite being a realtor with his family's agency. JL always seemed to be doing other random jobs and side hustles in order to make ends meet. Okay. When Jim Bob was really young, as an as a family, they lived in a motel that JL and Mary managed. Okay. That motel is actually where he met the little boy. Like that little boy was staying in the motel with his family. Mm-hmm. That was the little boy that they stole from the Piggly Wiggly. The Piggly Wiggly was next door, so they were even extra uh, not okay. slick because. I'm sure they know Mary. You know what I mean? They're like, the fucking kid just came and stole. (laughs) um, Just a little extra information. So managing the hotel was the most different of the kind of little side jobs and things that he had because the rest of them were in various forms of sales. Okay. Vacuum cleaners, insurance, furniture, and even cars. I feel like that's kind of an era thing. 
Yeah, like, where it's like, my dad was a salesman. And my he, dad was he, a salesman, yeah. But of all of the most random things you can think of, like everything. <laughs> John Candy, he was a uh, shower curtain ring salesman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, such <laughs> a good In planes, movie. trains, such and automobiles. <laughs> so Jim Bob described his dad as an enthusiastic salesman and that, quote, folks said he could probably sell ice to Eskimos. And... You know, it's going to happen every once in a while. Every once in a while, we're going to have things in common with Duggars, okay? Oh, God. Here's where I have something in common with Lego. He said, quote, My childhood memories are colored by vignettes of financial agonies. Mm -hmm. So, referencing his dad, he said, quote, He would be the first to tell you that despite his gift for selling, he wasn't the best manager of the money that came in, which caused many insecurities. Okay. One such memory was when they had no food in the house. Grandma Mary ended up having to um, take rice out of like a antique decorative jar that she'd mm -hmm. filled with rice for decor. Mm -hmm. She had to take it out of that um, jar to cook so that they would have something to eat that day. Mm -hmm. uh, another was when JL had used all the money that the family had to buy a car that he planned to like flip, like fix and sell. Okay. Only for Jim Bob to get home from school that day and find that the car had caught fire due to an electrical short when JL went to start it. Ugh. He did luckily end up being able to eventually salvage the transmission and the engine out of it to at least make back the money. Mm -hmm. But, you know, not, he never got that he yeah. spent on it, but not make a profit. But this, along with several other little small stories that Jim Bob tells, really just kind of paint the overall picture of just how aware Jim Bob was of their financial struggles as a kid mm -hmm. and how it had a pretty lasting effect on him, which I can relate to entirely. Mm -hmm. um, Jim Bob just kind of talks about hoping and praying that things would sell. So to me, that's just straight up sign of yeah. being very aware. Yeah. I mean, I mean, some things are more obvious, clearly um, having to eat the decorative rice. <laughs> obvious. Yeah. When I was a kid, it was digging stale croutons out of the back of the pantry. You know, those mm -hmm. are the more obvious things. Yeah. But then there's also just kind of like that low grade, always there Anxiety. stress of just mm -hmm. knowing that things aren't stable. Mm -hmm. And I think with him being like always like praying that things would sell, I'm like, that's kind of like, yeah. Like, I feel like that's that. Like for me, my thing that I remember back, it's like one of my earlier memories, which mm -hmm. is really, really sad. And you've heard this a million times, but the people mm -hmm. haven't. But um, my mom always paid bills on her bed. She would kind of just like spread everything out, get out her checkbook back in the days of checkbooks, you know, <laughs> and she'd pay bills. And I was just like, I mean, we we're living at my old house. So I'm very, very young. And um, I would just go into the room and I would kind of like sometimes I would be like dancing around or other times I would just be talking to her or asking her questions and because I was constantly trying to gauge her, like I'm like, if I go in there mm -hmm. and like talk to her, try to get her attention in some way, depending on how much she's short with me or, ignore, or ignores me entirely mm -hmm. or has like kind of a happy demeanor. I was like, uh, like, it's just so I could tell like how fucked are we this month. Mm -hmm. So like him talking about just like praying that they would sell something when they like, I'm like, I can just remember being like, okay, like I just got so much anxiety every time mm -hmm. my mom pulled out to pay the bills because I was like what's it looking like this month you know yeah. so that was one thing is that when i was reading some of the stuff I'm like oh yeah i know that feeling of just mm -hmm. like 
hoping everything is going to be okay. So yeah. I think that's worse than the incident, like the actual incidents. Mm-hmm. It's just that constant burn of like insecurity. Yeah. Because so. like you said, every time that you'd pull the checkbook out, you were like, oh, shit, shit, shit. Yeah. Even though it wasn't bad yet, even though she wasn't short with you or mm-hmm. she didn't have a lot of anxiety, like you were already it I set, was bracing myself, set like. the tone for your anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, back to Jim Bob. In a nutshell, they were pretty poor, but Jim Bob said that, quote, my faith actually deepened through my family's tough financial times. And he tells a, tor- a story of like uh, church camp where... You know, it cost money. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the money for it. and But, like, Grandma was, like, signed him up anyway, he and Deanna. And he was just like, how are we going to pay for this? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we can't go. And it was even the night before. And she was like, pack your bags. And he and they were both just like, why are we packing your bags? Yeah. <laughs> and he and, like, JL sold something that night. So the next morning, they were able to go to church mm-hmm. camp. So this is why people like Jim Bob are like, oh, you know, God provided that, blah, 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 Correct. you know, type thing. Yeah. So now let's talk about Jim Bob's education. Unlike his own kids, he was not homeschooled, but unlike Michelle, he didn't attend regular public school. Okay. Instead, he attended Shiloh Christian School, which is a private Christian school (laughs) um, founded by First Baptist Church of Springdale in 1976, the church, of course, that he grew up going to. Mm -hmm. Which actually, that makes me realize that... um, he could have possibly gone to public school at some point because if it didn't open until 1976, that puts him in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. So up to sixth grade, I'm not clear what he did, mm. whether it was pub- public school or homeschool. I don't know. But he ended up going there from sixth grade through the end of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was actually looking into the school to so just kind of see if I could find history, like what could I find out about it? Uh, it's still operating today. Okay. So I went on their website and looked up their tuition rates, and it's $10,000 a year. Cool. And the cheapest it goes down to is 6000 a year, and that's if you have four kids going there. And it maxes at four. So it's not like you have, if you have 18 kids, it it'll... keeps going down. The max, <sighs> the lowest it'll go is 6000 Jeez. So obviously that's today's money, today's rates, mm-hmm. today's inflation, but it made me go like, how much did it cost back then? Right. So did you drop it down an inflation calculator? No, but because I, I didn't. And it's funny because I do that a lot. You I, do. That's why I was I like. I know. <laughs> I didn't. But only, I almost wonder, I'm like, was it way, way cheaper back then? Because like the school's brand new. So Probably. Just, it just makes me wonder, like, um, was part of the reason they had money problems? Because they paid for a school. Like, I mean, I'm sure they would have had problems anyway, but. Or if that's the church that they went to, did somebody else help them out? Yeah, I, it just makes me wonder, like, what did they pay, if anything? What was mm-hmm. it? I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. Uh, so Jim Bob was actually part of their very first graduating class of Shiloh back in 1983, where he was one of 12 graduates. Wow. The school is much bigger now. But, <laughs> um, like, I mean, just like wild, right? Like, he has more kids than were in his graduating high school class. It's wild. Which is both a testament to how many fucking kids he has and how small the, the school is, mm-hmm. like, all at the same time. <laughs> like, they wouldn't have even gotten through the intro of Pomp and Circumstance. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know, that's the song. That's the graduation song. 
Um, and yeah, this is, this is actually yet another thing I have in common with Lego. <gasps> I was also the first graduating class of my high school. <laughs> That's true. Oh. And we did the whole, just like they this school did, where they just kept adding grades. Mm-hmm. So when I was a freshman, there's the nobody ones, above there you. Nobody, I never had upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. So like I was the first one. So my I, we only had a full-ish campus by the time I was a senior. But mm-hmm. my freshman year, it was just us. So yeah. If there's any point where you wear your phone on a belt clip, and we might need to consider divorce. I would understand. <laughs> <laughs> You mean we can't call Barb again and be like, look. Barb. So this time. Barb. You know, so Now for, I'd be the one with the pillow. Yeah, you'd be holding the pillow. And she'd be like, so what brought you out? You're like, she's wearing her phone on her. Yep. I would, I'd be doing the pinch your eyes like thing. Yeah. She'd be like bracing for something like really terrible. And you're like, she's wearing her phone on her belt loop. I would just point. <laughs> Barb is going to be busy here in a minute. She's got to. She's going to be booked up. <laughs> Okay, so where was I? Okay, if you remember back, Lego and Michelle's first date was to his senior banquet. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of funny now to know that there was like 11 other kids. Yeah. Like, yeah, they brought dates. I'm like, what, is there 25 people max there? <laughs> like, you know? It's which, mostly chaperones. Which makes me wonder. I'm like, is that why they had so many kids? Does Michelle remember that night? And she's like, God, I remember what it was like when there was only 13 <laughs> people around. We need to like be constantly having 20 plus people around. And yep. then it's okay. She needs that buffer barrier between them and being alone. I'm sure him mopping on her every, you know, mm-hmm. so often is enough. So yep. she's just like, we need to have this place full. I remember that <laughs> night of 13. Now, you said that this was their first date. Yes. This isn't when they met, when she had kind of no memory no, of first, it, right? Yes. So the first time they met was when the, the friend mm-hmm. went to her house. Yeah. Then a year, like over a year later, when she started working for Grandma Mary, he took he asked her out to a senior banquet. That was their okay. first date. Mm-hmm. I, I say this was such like, well, yeah, I mean, don't You're you like, know? <laughs> their first date was like later. I don't. Spoiler. Um, another thing about the school I found interesting that I'm not sure if other people will find this interesting or not, but it's clearly interesting to me because I'm bringing it up, is that when I was looking up the school's, like, history and information on it, mm-hmm. it said that in 1970, so it opened in 1976, it mm-hmm. said in 1979, it moved from a downtown, um, like, address mm-hmm. to a John- Johnson Road address. And I just kind of perked up because I remember, oh, that first house that they're in in the very first special mm-hmm. is on Johnson Road, which okay. did could mean nothing because you right. know roads go across fucking town mm-hmm. but turns out that that whole time in that special when they're talking about how the church bought the house mm-hmm. and had been giving them extensions but then they ended up needing to go because they needed it for their expansion it's that church oh wow so to me it's funny that it was just like the church mm-hmm. they never said our church right the church of uh, so you know affiliated with the school I went to, the church I grew up going to, the church we got married in. But they don't. But they don't follow that anymore because it's just Baptist. And they're they're still Baptist. Hmm. <clears throat> IBLP isn't a religion; it's a organization. They're mm-hmm. still Baptist. But it's just funny to me. Like that's literally where they get married. That's the church. They changed its name. That's literally what we're going to see them get renew their vows later. Jill gets married there. So it's just funny to me that, like, it's not that it's important. I'm not saying this is any kind of smoking gun or important anyway. I just find it kind of interesting that it was never, like, our church. Yeah. It's like, the church needs blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it's like your church. Like, anyways. And your school. 
Yeah. <laughs> Shiloh C- C- Christian Shiloh School. Shiloh Christian, yes. Go Gladiators. It's the, They're the Saints. Damn. Damn. I, I was like, you what's You know what's something- even weirder? Their colors are my high school's color. Not that there's that many colors to be had with schools. Let's be real. It's like red and black. We were, but they're they're exactly what we are. Navy blue and Vegas gold. It even says Vegas gold, and we were Vegas gold. I was like, damn, this is getting weird. That's funny. Anyways. We were a hunter green and gold. Yes, the Panthers. Yeah. Okay, so that was just something I thought was interesting. Is that interesting <laughs> to you about the house that they didn't say that, or is that just it me? is? Like, yeah, like you just like failed to yeah like mention that ever ever it never count never comes yeah. up. And talking about mascots, I was I'm like, all right, what's a religious mascot? Templar, gladiator. I didn't even think about the saints. The saints. Unfortunate. Um. Now I want to talk about Grandpa Duggar. Okay. J J L himself. J L. Jean Luc. Earlier, we talked about how to make money. He sold things, including cars. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, that got him into some trouble at some point. Rut row. Back in 1981, the Arkansas Attorney General filed a lawsuit against JL and his business, Razorback Automobile. Wow. Okay. For several violations of the Consumer Protection Act. Ooh. AKA fraud. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Here are some of the violations. Uh oh. So, JL apparently sold people's cars on consignment. Mm. Part of the agreement was that he was supposed to sell their cars for cash. Mm-hmm. But instead, in some cases, he not only accepted trade-in vehicles, but he was also letting people make payments. Mm. I put this one first because it's almost like the least of the worries. Yeah. Um, and you have to think like small town, like in that era, like... I feel like small town is less apt to be because it's like you kind of know everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like it's not that big of a deal. Like the Thompsons live down the road. We know where they live, you know. But if he was accepting trade-ins, that's where the problem gets weird. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, So it's still fucked up. He still did wrong. Yeah. But Um, but it gets worse, though. So he sold cars for less than the agreed upon minimum without getting the owner's consent beforehand, which would piss me off. Mm. Yeah. We agreed that eight was as low as I was going to go, and you just sold it for six. Fuck you, and you didn't yeah. even call me. Um, you better give me two thousand more dollars, you exactly. know, or whatever. He also told owners that he sold their cars for for less than they actually did, and pocketed the difference for himself. That one's fucked up. Yep. That one, I feel like that one's worse than the first one. No, yeah. Well, <laughs> the first one I said was like yeah. that was the least. Yeah. Um, and just to kind of top it all off, he did not even have the proper license to sell cars in Arkansas. Oh, rough. Yeah, so um, the details are hazy, but he was found guilty. I don't I don't think there's coming back for much of that, you know, <laughs> from all of those. And he did serve a short amount of time in jail back in 1981. It's not wow. clear. It's uh, under a year as, as far as I can mm-hmm. tell, but it's, I, I can't, you, I can't, you know, can't quote me here. So this would have been when Jim Bob was roughly 16 and Deanna roughly 19. Wow. So about a year before Jim Bob for that very first time, just kind of putting into context, he was 17 mm-hmm. that very first time he ever s- saw Michelle when he went yeah. with that friend. So about a year before that. Okay. So now let's talk about how Jim Bob presents his childhood. First of all, one of the first thing I noticed in their very first book that they have was the very stark difference in detail and length in which um, between Jim Bob and Michelle writing about their childhoods. Okay. 
Michelle's was way longer. She gave a lot more backstory on her parents, mm-hmm. like talking about their childhoods, mm-hmm. kind of like meeting each other, just way more. Um, and specifically, you know, even more stuff about herself. But just she just talked about her parents. Jim mm-hmm. Bob did very little of that. He wrote practically nothing besides being poor. <laughs> like he talks about being poor, mm-hmm. and that's which I mean to be fair. Um. If that's a huge scar from his childhood, I can, I totally understand that that's that's something that's going to be like you know a main focus. Right. Like I totally get that. I really do. But in general, he just said so little about anything else or anything about his parents' like upbringing hmm. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I can't help but feel like it's kind of like for several reasons. Most this is all my opinion and stuff here. I was just gonna ask you what. What you thought the reason why it was so short. Um, so here's all my speculation. <laughs> so, number one, I don't think he had much to say about himself. Let's start with himself. Okay. I don't think he had a lot to say. I don't... Th- he went to a school with 12 fucking kids. <laughs> like, you know, Michelle was involved. As far as I can tell, it looked like he was on the basketball team, but there's not this... Like, the way Michelle... <laughs> Michelle talked about, like, being involved in things and being active and like, you know, I don't think he was that interesting. I'd probably, I don't think he probably had that many friends. I think he went to church, he went to school and he was fucking Jim Bob, you know? Well, if he went to a school of 12 people and he was on the basketball team, everybody's on the basketball (laughs) team. (laughs) Nobody. Hey, 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 hey. They probably had some under, you know, classmen in there. (laughs) When he was, you know, a junior, he had some sophomores and freshmen. He probably kicked that freshman's ass. They're like, all right, we're announcing who made the team. Please, 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 please. <laughs> the top, the first 12 lines are filled and then everything else is empty. Page. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so I just don't think he had a lot to say about himself, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's that interesting. But I also feel like Jim Bob is not at all willing to air anything mm-hmm. that he could possibly construe as possible dirty laundry. Yeah. And maybe this is just me inferring, but I also feel like outside of that, I don't feel like he's super introspective. No, I don't think so either. Like, I think it's like I read the Bible. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That's his idea of introspection. Yeah. The closest thing of like analyzing himself is making sure that he can not relinquish this thing that somebody could think negatively of him about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I just think that, you know, to him, he probably thought like, you know, he was willing to say, yeah, my dad managed his money poorly. Mm-hmm. But I think saying any more than that to him was just like way too risky. Oh, yeah. So there are rumors that JL was an alcoholic, but I, I don't even have like a pinpointed source because it's just one of those things that like, I just know I've heard it. Everybody mm-hmm. kind of says it. I can't even like whatever I I, someone somewhere said that grandma Mary said it at one point and I'm like when I don't remember that so Mm. but either way um who knows but I could see it going both ways I could see maybe he had a bit of a drinking problem Mm -hmm. um but I could also see boob thinking that drinking a beer in general makes you an alcoholic (laughs) so it's like I feel like there's such extremes here where I'm just like where where maybe but like you he's probably like another six pack this week like you know like he's probably outraged this week more natty light another six pack it reminds me of uh referencing i've referenced this before but in community Britta's this very big like 
rebel and I go against my overbearing parents. And then when everybody meets her parents, her parents are so like sweet. And (laughs) she always talks about how like she doesn't she doesn't have any like money. And my parents hold me back from all this stuff. And they're like. We didn't know you needed help paying your bills. Like they're willing to give her everything, and she's just like, "Oh, my parents." Yeah. <laughs> um, but kind of talking more about Grandpa Duggar, I certainly didn't don't expect or think that it was up to Boob to like put in his book about Grandpa's fraud charges. That's only come out in the last year or so. Oh wow. Okay. Um. So that didn't come out through Jim Bob. That was. Mm-hmm. from people like digging it up and like someone mm-hmm. like asked amy and amy's like well yeah it's true like you know or whatever but it was just one of those things it was so long ago you can't even easily find it in records like yeah. when i went looking up i'm like there's only a certain point where they start digitizing a lot of stuff so it's, it's not that it's not as easy to find like you know from when he did time did time in 81 <laughs> <clears throat> so um it's you know it's not his business Jim Bob's business to tell this especially we consider that Grandpa was still alive when his mm-hmm. books you know this book first book released correct but I also think he Jim Bob himself I don't think he wants anything that could taint his own reputation I think he looks that the sins of the father you know like the four Agreed. I think he'd see anything with Grandpa as looking mm-hmm. badly on him yeah so I feel definitely. like he's happy to be like oh I'm poor and I stole Cracker Jacks from the piggly wiggly mm-hmm. but talking about crimes in his family i think is just too much for his ego 100 like his holy ego you know mm-hmm. i mean because let's face it like if we learned anything from this whole josh thing it's it's not that jim bob actually cares about wrong things happening mm-hmm. he cares about people finding out about them yeah but the way it makes him look yes mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with the actual yeah. thing taking place he didn't give a shit mm-hmm. it's all optics yep even if you go back way to the beginning where they had the the certified lust counselor and yep. like How it can was we bury this. Yeah, it wasn't about it wasn't about dealing with what Josh did. It was about if people came to him and said, Well, why didn't you do this? He's like, Well, we did. Yep. Yeah. How can he look good? How can Plausible not- deniability. Yep. Like, I, I truly just think that's what it's about because mm-hmm. he could have always, you, you know, they love their religious spin. We talk about this, right? Mm-hmm. So he could have always used, if, if the grandpa thing had come up sooner, and as far as I know, he's not addressed this or anything like that, mm-hmm. but he could always use his religious spin and say, you know, Satan got a hold of him and, you know, and he sinned, but he could say that grandpa had learned and prayed and, you know, he was saved after that mistake. He could have done his whole thing and been like what they do because... You know, he did that for Josh mm-hmm. when the, the when the first started stuff coming out with Josh. It was just like, oh, but he he did this and he did this. He wouldn't do that for fuck. He didn't do that for Grandpa right. because he'd rather just avoid it mm-hmm. and continue to look like he has this moral high ground. If yeah. none of this stuff is happening, he still looks like mm-hmm. holier than thou. Um, he'd rather keep up the front of being from a family that yeah they were. He you know he had a religious up- upbringing. Um, and you know, yeah, where they were poor, but still like this image, like the poor part, I feel like he thinks like that makes him relatable. Whether I'm not saying he actually wrote this book, book saying like, if I write about being poor, I'm relatable. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's this obvious to him, but I feel like, oh, that's like the thing where it's like, and not everything's perfect because life's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Cause they love to have that. Like not everything's great all the time. Yeah. But like, also we're not, you... we're not going to talk about real stuff, you know, either. Yeah. Well, you talked prior about, um, 
wanting to have a story of when you gave your heart to the Lord. Yeah. And like that's what that reminds me of too. And if where... he did it at seven, he doesn't have a lot of time for story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like if you grew up poor and then now you're not poor, it's like, well, look, it's because of blah, blah, blah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I feel like reflecting because I feel like it all comes out of shame. It, mm. It's shame of of your son doing something that's awful and how it makes you look. And then it's shame of something that your father did that you had no control over, but you feel like changes your self-worth. Yeah. So it's that thing where he's going to err on the side of not saying a whole lot about what his dad did, but it's like, homie, what your son did is a, is a lot worse. <laughs> much, much worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that makes you look worse. worse than your dad defrauding some people and going to jail for a little bit. Yeah. And <laughs> like, paying restitution. Like, you know, or like, you know, yeah. <clears throat> so then when you compare it to Michelle's telling of her background, she's not only more detailed, Mm-hmm. But, she, you know, she didn't come from a religious background. So it plays into, again, the story, it, 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 that story arc for her. They love mm-hmm. the story. They love the arc. They love the redemption type of thing. So, you know, we took this cheerleader in the skimpy clothes and now she was saved by the Lord at 15. And right. I even now think, she wears awful clothes. <laughs> yeah. So things are good now. Like, you know, <laughs> she's wearing a fucking uh, art Table teacher cloth. smock. Like. And then um, it made me think back to when Jim Bob, that very first night he met Michelle. So the senior banquet's way later. Mm-hmm. But that first night he met, we're going over there with a friend to, you know, talk to her about Jeebus. Um, <laughs> he prayed that night that he said um, that he wanted to be her, Lord, let me be her spiritual leader. Which I just think, like, at 17 years old, he was already placing himself as this authoritative, like, on this, like, holier-than-thou pedestal. Mm -hmm. Let me be her spiritual leader. Mm -hmm. Like, he already thought so fucking highly of himself. Mm -hmm. And I just think it all plays into each other. That's why he's not willing to be real about everything. Because, you know, by 17, Mm -hmm. he just had it all together already. And he just wanted to be her spiritual leader. It's also that idea of, like, the gender savior. Ugh. It's like the, well, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, and it's gonna sound creepy, and I apologize, but I mean it to sound creepy. It's that thing of like, I'm going to save this sinful little girl. Oh yeah, and yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> he acts like he just like picked her up off the, the corner, uh, and is just like, yeah. You know, oh, she was out there, you know, and I just wearing a cheerleader outfit. You know. He just always gives off this vibe like he has something to hide. And mm-hmm. and I don't just mean grandpa's charges. It's like I think he he is always trying to hide anything that he thinks could be perceived as less than perfect. Mm-hmm. But luckily we are all well aware he is as far from fucking perfect as he can be. So it's not working. But mm-hmm. he's still putting up the charade and this face and he has mm-hmm. this mask on and there are certain people that fucking eat that shit up and the, the fact that there are still some people that eat it up it blows my fucking mind <laughs> i think it's way less than before by a, a fucking mile yeah but it for a long time people fucking ate it up yeah definitely so this next part um is things where grandpa was talked about like the things that the older girls janet jill ginger and jessa mm-hmm. said about grandpa in their book Quote, 
Our dad has shared that when he was growing up, his dad did not have a spiritual focus. And because of that, his father did not have the right attitude and responses. Mm. This caused a lot of problems in his family. They struggled financially and had the utilities temporarily shut off many times. At one point, their house was foreclosed on. Um, Then they go on to say that Jim Bob tried to pick up his dad's good qualities like sales ability and having a giving heart, but left out the bad ones, and he ended up using godly men at his church as role models. So it's kind of like Slam and Grandpa. Right. Um, They also said, quote, with his father not striving to be a spiritual leader in his life, dad determined early on that by God's grace, he would become a godly husband and father to his own family one day. And we know how that turned out. <laughs> I just feel like um, knocking him as not being a spiritual leader is like total like religious slander. Like that's oh, yeah. slander on their end. Mm-hmm. We all are like, okay. But like to them, that's like harsh. Yeah. I also feel like it's jacking himself off. Oh, I get to. Yep. Yep. Totally. Because it's, it's that idea of like. Well, look, your parents you obviously grew up religious, but like this is what I came from, and yeah. look at me now. Mm-hmm. Like, give me a break. Then, way later in the book, when the girls are talking about how Lego asks the kids to bring it to their to bring it to his attention, if he raises his voice or talks with sharp words, Ooh. quote, not that he has a major anger problem. They say. <laughs> Usually that means that he has a major I, anger problem. I know. It's like, not to be a bitch, and then you're a giant fucking bitch. Yeah. It's the same idea. <laughs> I don't mean to say anything super racist. You know they're going to say something I'm not super trying ra- to offend you. Offensive as fuck. <laughs> like, you know. Um, not that he has an anger problem or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Was she grabbing, like her, grabbing collar her collar to the side and going, like, Ooh. <laughs> Quote, dad told us that his own father was prone to angry outbursts. He shared with us how hurtful and frightening his father's angry outburst could be. As a result, dad committed early on to try to control his temper and spare his family from the anger that had caused him so much discomfort as a boy. Okay. Do you find it funny how Jim Bob was pretty fucking tight lipped about his own written, you know, like a chord of his childhood, mm-hmm. but seemingly pretty quick to let his daughters be the ones to like air it out. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, this might have well has been been written by Jim Bob himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. Because number one, you know that nothing in that book was written without being approved by Jim Bob. There's mm-hmm. not a fucking chance in hell. Yeah. They were all still under his roof. There's just not a fucking chance. Right. Number two, um, they parrot everything their parents say. Mm-hmm. So... And they, they even say, dad said, dad said, you know, right. so they're not even passing it off as their own. They're just saying dad said. Mm-hmm. But when you know that you, when you've tr- using their word, OK, trained your children mm-hmm. to just with these things that, you know, they're going to parrot. I'm like, it's almost like we can just count on you that someday you're going to you're going to say it for us because yeah. this is what you've been taught. And, you know, this book was written in 2014, so it's well after grandpa died. So I think that's mm-hmm. why he felt a little bit more like, OK, okay to- this stuff can be said now. But they also wrote it in this way. This is going off of, this is like what you said. It's written in a way that praises and like uplifts Jim mm-hmm. Bob, which of course to him, he probably thinks, oh, this sounds much better coming from my girls and not being written by me. Correct. Um, yeah. So it's like, I completely understand that there are, you know, that we're always trying 
or should be trying to do better than our parents. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You learn from things you went through and then you try not to repeat it. Mm-hmm. That's what we should be doing. But Jim Bob is just so fucking slimy <laughs> that it feels like divulging things like a temper and anger and then, you know, the worst thing for them, which is to call a man in their realm like a failed spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. Like having that come from his daughters feels slimy and chicken shit. Mm-hmm. It's like he had them do his dirty work for him. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like you wouldn't say it yourself in your own books. But through your daughter, you reveal this while inflating and elevating yourself because you know you're so the word you remember like multiple times they said committed Mm -hmm. so it's like because you know you're so great because you committed to not being like that you know like the hero that jim bob is Mm -hmm. to his kids yep just gross so what you're saying is salt and peppa didn't write what a man about him no okay are you holding that in for a while no but as you were like every time that every time you talk about like self-aggrandizing like verbiage and 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 kind of lifting your story up and kind of lowering everything else what went through my head was somebody standing with like superhero stance with their arms and their hips with like their chest puffed out and then the song that went through my head in that vision was what, what a man 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 good song it, it holds good. up it does <laughs> just not for jim bob not for him no so I'm just going to kind of end this by saying that, you know, we don't know anything at the end of the fucking day. Yeah. We don't know shit. I'm not even suggesting that Lego is lying. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um, we know a few facts, but the ver- the rest of it is all who the fuck knows. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. JL may have been a shit father um, and provider mm-hmm. and he may have had a temper and maybe he did drink too much. But I think more than anything, Jim Bob sees it all as like being a result of his lack of faith. Which I feel like is very normal for hyper-religious people. Yeah. Like if he had just been a better spiritual leader, this probably wouldn't have happened. Because like yeah. the way the girls focus so much, they say it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Like they, they had these consequences because he wasn't, you know, a spiritual mm-hmm. leader. He didn't have the right responses because he wasn't a good spiritual leader. Like it's just, yeah. they'll find any way to connect all the problems right. in people in your life to not being faithful enough. Yeah. Which it would never happen. And this is just me thinking in a vacuum in my head. But it's that idea of in in his head, he's been a very faithful person since... He was seven. Yeah. You know, probably right after the Cracker Jacks thing, you know, but he'll say seven. (laughs) Right. So it's like you've done things in your like life since then that you feel has been you've always been on the righteous side. You've made that decision. Yeah. I don't think he forced Josh to do anything that he did. So it's like, what was the, what was that then? Was that there's always a there's always a a scapegoat? Yeah, Satan. Satan yeah. got a hold of him. Yeah. So this it's happened. Like, this happened. You know. So it's like, well, wait. I was super faithful, and I didn't do anything to bring this upon myself. So uh, Satan. It, it was Satan. Yeah. That, so you for know, his dad, like, it's that he didn't have. He wasn't faithful enough. Correct. 
with Josh, it was almost like, oh, well, he was probably two. And then Satan came for, you know, the whole, like, Satan <laughs> yeah. comes for the strongest, you know. Yeah. You know, threats and soldiers and yeah. blah, you know. But it's just, there's always a... Com- it's all justification. Yes, we've That's come the, up with that. Like, yeah. we talked about this in um, in so many different things where there's just always a way that they can spin it. Mm-hmm. And I think that had his dad been more religious... I honestly feel like he would have found a way to excuse the rest of the stuff in his mind. Oh, yeah. The same way as he did Josh. Yep. Um, If he'd been a more spiritual leader, like, I think he would have been like, oh, but, you know, these things just happen. That's just a test from God. You know, our financial mm-hmm. struggles were a test from God. But in this case, it's because of his dad. Right. I just, you know, he, I feel like with Josh, he re- he truly did excuse everything. Like it because he thought of Josh as being godly, mm-hmm. a godly man. It was just like this. He stumbled, <laughs> and that's it. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, he stumbled, and everything's good now. He's not willing to give that same. And I don't think this is not saying that I feel like Josh was should have been given that. But mm-hmm. he would. I don't. He would never give that same grace to his father that he yeah. gave Josh because he thinks Josh is more godly than him. Mm-hmm. So it's just so wild because who's the worst one out of this? Yeah. Again, we don't know everything about grandpa, but mm-hmm. the other thing, I didn't even write them down because there's no substantial evidence. There's rumor, like people say, I think sometimes people are just grasping at straws to try to make connections to explain Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it was like Justin, the one that I told you did that AMA and then ended up doing that podcast. Mm. At one point, he ended up saying something in his AMA that somebody... He- somebody else had said i think it was they're they're like deleted now so you can't see like i don't remember the exact but i think it was something along the lines of people saying that like oh they think grandpa was in a porn and he may have showed josh but it was just so like through the grapevine and so Mm. like unsubstantiated that he even went back and deleted it and he was just like this like this really went somewhere that i wish i hadn't like said this and he's like this isn't so you know people want to say people say grandpa had a porn problem and that he may have exposed Josh. They've also said, um, um, like Amy at one point, I struggle with Amy, man. I fucking struggle with her because she not too long ago said something about like grandpa Duggar being not safe. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you can go back to times where she's like posting all these tribute things to grandpa and how I miss him every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. Relationships are complicated. Familial ones, extra complicated. Immediate mm-hmm. family, extra complicated. So I'm not saying that she can't have good memories of him and miss him and not still think some certain things about it. But the reason I struggle and, and, and think that maybe he's not safe for whatever reason, mm-hmm. my struggle is that with Amy, I feel like it's whatever's convenient. Oh, yeah. So when it, when she wants to look like I love my grandpa, I really love my grandpa. And when then a story gets brought up, it's like, yeah, he wasn't a safe person. Which the fuck is it? Which I, you can feel both. I'm not saying you can't, but just mm-hmm. with her, you have a hard it's time. It's just belie- opportunistic. You, you, it feels that way. So you have a yeah. hard time figuring out what's up and what's down. You know, yeah. you're like, what, what do you want us to believe? <laughs> like, yeah. So I just bring those up. I didn't even have them written down because there are these like little tiny rumors, but we don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I almost wish I'm like, could someone just be more fucking direct and we would just fucking know? Like, <laughs> yeah. they don't know us anything. I get it, but... <laughs> It's just so yeah so that's the story of jim bob's upbringing and a little bit of extra on grandpa duggar damn is it all because he went to a, a 
public university. That has to be it. Yep. That was the led him down a bad path. Mm-hmm. That's yep. it. Um, I do want to bring up an idea. Okay. I wish I could remember who it was right now. Oh, are you done with? Uh, did you have anything else you want to say on that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I wish I could remember who it was, but someone was like, "Oh man, you guys need to you do a bingo card." <laughs> and um, like per episode. Well, no, not per. Oh my god, that's so much. I couldn't. No, I mean like you have one that you fill out per episode. No. Okay. That's a lot of work. I mean, for the year. Oh. Um. So like some other accounts, like meme accounts and stuff like that they'll do one for 2023 but a lot of times they're doing it like predictions it's like you mm-hmm. put down your pre- predictions yeah. like i think that one other dugger is going to go to jail i think that this kid is going to have another kid i think yeah. that this person's going to get married it's just kind of like predictions mm-hmm. but i thought i was like we should do one and this is kind of what the person was saying like we should do one for the for the podcast for the year and i feel mm-hmm. like as long as we get done before the end of january i feel like it's good mm-hmm. but like you know, we got to have some some of the old standbys. Like, we need to have, like, on the card somewhere. Somebody complains about the audio in the first couple episodes. Mm, like, yeah. bad review on that. Um, oh, and we actually, we're just under 120,000 plays right now. Wow. I haven't, I admittedly haven't looked at it since probably about three days after we put our Christmas episode out. Well, we hit, uh, we were at 100 when we put that out, mm-hmm. which is wild because remember it was 25,000 in September mm-hmm. and we were like, holy shit, it's 50. It doubled at 50 in like yeah. November maybe. And now we're fucking January, like in December it was, it jumped from like in a month it, it doubled again, over doubled yeah. again. So it's like, maybe we need to set like a number and that can be a bingo mm-hmm. like space. Um I don't know. I, maybe I'll turn it into an interactive thing on Sunday. Like, what should be on our mm. podcast bingo board? See, so what I was thinking was the same idea, but what it is, we don't change our card. What it was was we come up with the card that has things that could potentially be in an episode, and then as we watch the episode, we fill it out and we see if we get bingo. So I feel like we could have both. I think we should have a podcast-specific one for the year, and mm-hmm. then we could have a... So do you and I both have different bingo boards for each episode? I would say it's just the same. Like we kind of do it as a, you would do it as a partner group where like, so we don't change it per episode. My idea was that like you have it there and it says um, like. They have tater tot casserole. <laughs> yeah. Like tater tot casseroles on there. Like John David doesn't talk a whole lot. John so it's David like John David a, talking. T- <laughs> um <laughs> Jana straight hair like whatever it is like different things like that and then what we do is that we you and i fill it out as we go through the episode and then when we come here and we record we'll be like we got bingo this episode (laughs) like maybe you maybe are the things we choose are in like different order for both of us okay so you'll be going on and i'll be like i actually got bingo in so this we episode. have the same squares mixed up differently that's correct okay and that got doesn't it. change like those that stays the same every episode i'll break out some beans i'll get some beans <laughs> out of the pantry i want a dauber like an old lady i'm just but saying. if we're reusing it we need to laminate it and then use beans i i, I, I love so a bad. fucking dauber too i love bingo <laughs> but um i used to go in sun city with the old people but you gotta put all your knickknacks in front of you for luck yep so yeah, I think we've got multiple bingo cards we need to be working on. This sounds fun. I'm excited. But I think this Sunday I will ask people what they think should be on the, the podcast, the podcast bingo year board. for 2023. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be funny. It definitely has to have um, a negative review on the audio. That's for sure. <laughs> That'll be filled every week. Yep. Um, 
yeah, so I think we should do that. And then that made me think of another idea. I'm full of ideas this week and I'm going on and on and on. Other one. So well, I was looking at like all of the countries, right? Whenever mm-hmm. I see just like all these new countries, we were number four in TV and film in Slovenia. Which is pretty cool. Number four. But it made me realize that, oh man, this is helping with my geography because I couldn't point <laughs> out this shit before, right? So you know Gibraltar. how people. So you know how there's like like maps of the United States and like you color or you scratch off when you go to a state. Mm-hmm. We need the world though. Yeah, that'd we be need cool. the world, and I feel like every time we get a listen in one of the countries, we need to fill it out somewhere cool. Like, can someone draw us this? Can someone draw? <laughs> can someone draw me the world? Is that asking a lot? I think that's asking a lot. That is kind of asking um, a lot. So, but but I feel like we're gonna have to go get it printed somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I got to figure this out. Anybody have um, any good maps of the world that they could even just refer me to that I have printed off at like Kinko's? Because mm-hmm. I want to start a podcast. With not a crazy amount of detail. Yeah. Like we just need we like need to... the country and maybe the capital like at the most. Yeah. Because And then as we get people, we just like figure out a cool way to fill it in. Oh, now we have the options of how we fill it in. What do we do? Oh do we God. do the flag? Do we do? Oh, there's so many do options. Do a red, a red ball. Uh Pin. i feel like it has to be more interesting than that but inter- <laughs> but i want to create a podcast pin board or something or some sort yeah. of display like for our mm-hmm. office because people have been sending us cool shit like oh, their yeah. art and stuff so it's like i'd like to display that and then we could have this badass map of the world and every mm-hmm. time we get a new place we can fill it in yep. and then we could also keep our bingo cards there in between <laughs> we, I, so many ideas see i'm all revved up for 2023 full of I'd- ideas and hope and <laughs> spirit and aspirations and I just imagine Whitney wearing some like dockers like Steve Kornacki and she's in front of a big board being like, we got a pin this week from Slovenia. <laughs> yeah, there's you know lots of exciting things going on. Oh, it'll be so we're, fun. We can fill- we're we trending, can- trending upward in the Caribbean. And when we actually get it for the first time, we can like have cocktails one night and we can sit. Well, I'll, I'll get out the card table, the vintage card table, and we can fill in all the spots. And then after that, it'll be exciting because then we get to do them one by one you know what mm-hmm. i mean Ugh. <laughs> ideas so if anybody knows of a really good world map or if you're one of the listeners in slovenia <laughs> yes send us an email it's probably one person but like <laughs> we appreciate you when i was like look at that that's pretty cool so yeah <laughs> i guess i pronounced it wrong yeah, whatever i'm trying guys she's like over there in sylvania and i'm like honey those are light bulbs <laughs> Any hoozle. I guess that's it. Was that yeah. long? Is that where are we at? Yeah, normal episode. All right. Our little podcaster showed up. Yep, she knew that we were winding down, so yep. she's like, "Uh, it's time for pate." Yeah, she's just making sure we ended well. Okay, so, um, yeah, first episode of the new year. Glad to be back. Mm-hmm. Hope you had a wonderful holiday season. We're looking forward to a year of podcasting with you. A new year of podcasting with you guys. Mm-hmm. Follow us on the Instagram. We have a bunch of fun visuals that Winnie puts up after, and we have a lot of communication after that at Digging Up the Duggars Pod. And you can email us at diggingupthedougars at Gmail. You can buy us a pickle. Buymeacoffee.com slash digging up the dug. Digging up the dug. We appreciate your pickles and coffees, and we, yeah, it helps, helps it out. Helps and I think my favorite new part towards the end of the year was the P.O. box. Oh, yeah. We'll have to talk about it next time, but man, we got some Bangers. cool stuff. Yeah, we t- um, they should be. 
stuff we've gotten so far should be saved like in insta stories i think mm-hmm. um or whatever under highlights but yeah we've gotten some cool stuff i love getting all the christmas cards from you guys yeah. we even got another one today mm-hmm. um from british columbia a cool one too yes mm-hmm. and so it's just really exciting to get all yeah. these things from all over the world it's fascinating you guys are awesome all right see you Have next yourselves week. a good week